Welcome to Education Beat. I'm Ann Vasquez, CEO of EdSource. When a young person leaves juvenile detention and returns to school, studies have shown that how they do academically can influence whether or not they end up back in the system. But succeeding in school once you're out isn't easy. In Oakland, these kids have someone in their corner. Hattie Tate's job is to give students the best possible shot following release from detention. We attempt to set aside the bias in the mind of any adult in order to give a kid a clean slate and a chance to succeed with an adult advocating for them. How can schools make it easier for students to transition from incarceration to education? Here is this week's Education Beat with host Zadie Stabley. Every day in Oakland Unified, Hattie Tate gets a list of names. Students that were booked in, students that were released, and students who are going to court. And she jumps into action. I'm every day trying to talk to district attorneys, responding to messages sent by probation officers from judges, responding to probation officers that have inquiries, responding to every student that gets out to make sure they have a school. Getting students enrolled quickly back into school is a big priority, but it's just the first step. Hattie coordinates with people from the Alameda County Probation Department, Public Health, Behavioral Health, and others to ensure that students get all the support they need. I want the student going to school, not getting referrals, not getting suspended, and passing classes. That's the only way we can measure success. The students that Hattie works with have sometimes been in and out of the juvenile justice system more than once. They've experienced traumatic situations that can range from sexual assault to housing insecurity. And sometimes they have difficulty trusting adults. Part of Hattie's job includes figuring out ways to not only re-enroll them into school upon their release, but to make sure they remain engaged in their classes and attending every day. So when they first get to school, Hattie often organizes a welcome circle. I try to, first off, have the principal, a community school manager, maybe a restorative justice coordinator, maybe a life coach, maybe an academic guidance counselor, maybe a violence interrupter, maybe an assistant principal, maybe a teacher, maybe a special ed coordinator. And the key thing about the welcome circle is each adult, it's not about, let's talk about what the kid did. It's not about any further punishment. It's about really a plan for success. So each person introduces themselves and tells that kid, here's what I bring for your success. The role on the school campus of every individual is to create success. This is Education Beat, getting to the heart of California schools. I'm Zadie Stavely. This week, helping students released from juvenile detention succeed in school. My colleague Betty Marquez-Rosales wrote about Hattie Tate for EdSource. Hi, Betty. Hi, Zadie. So do most school districts in California have programs like this that kind of help um, students when they come out of juvenile justice and, you know, and back into the community? There are quite a few of reentry service programs across school districts in the state. What's so unique about Hattie and the work that she does is the focus on the relationship between the student and the school staff and how to improve those relationships in order to improve a student's success in terms of staying engaged in school, not just getting enrolled once they get out of a juvenile facility, but actually continuing to go to school. So 
she not only wants to see that those enrollment numbers go up, she also wants to see that the student is attending classes, that the student is getting good grades, that the student is graduating from school. How many students are we talking about in, in Oakland and, and statewide, Betty? You know, I don't have the numbers statewide, but I know that in Oakland in this current school year, the list that she has received, that she receives every day, um, so far it has included nearly 140 students. Now, the thing about the data, the way that she explained it is, these are not just numbers on a digital spreadsheet that she has access to or a digital database. This is information for her to get a full picture of who the student is, what that background has been for them in their lives, their personal background, any previous involvement with the justice system, why that involvement happened, what schools they've been a part of. That's an entire background that she can use to then assess what that student needs in order to succeed. What have they not had, perhaps, in terms of resources that she can get them? For many students who who have been incarcerated, who have been in the juvenile justice system, do they have low graduation rates? Do they have high dropout rates? There are high recidivism rates and and some high dropout rates. And recidivism means, you know, when when someone who's been in the justice system, they're released and they return, right? They're rearrested, they're they're booked again. And so there are some, you know, high recidivism rates for students across California who've been in the justice system. And the goal ultimately for everyone in the justice system, you know, for the most part, it's, it's really to try to reduce those numbers and to try to make sure that a young person who's been in the system does not return. And so one of the problems that Hattie came across once she became an educator was there were a lot of personal difficulties that students were facing. So many of them came from a background of housing insecurity, food insecurity, perhaps some violence in, in, in their family or in their neighborhood, um, so many traumatic experiences. And then they went into the justice system. Upon being released and re-enrolled, she found that there were educators in those students' lives who had developed a negative view of the students. They were afraid of the students or, you know, there was this sense that they were troublemakers. And so they received less support and it wasn't intentional always from the educator's perspective, but, but, it, but it was happening. And so what Hattie has really tried to do is figure out ways to get them to connect as much as possible and for an educator to see the student as, as a student, as someone who needs their support. When Betty met with Hattie, she showed her the data she looks at when figuring out where students are and what they need. One, two, three, four, five, Six times this student has been in and out of custody. Oh, wow. So if I look at this student's grades, here's a couple of things that I see. The student passed most of these classes, did work, right? But look at the attendance. When this goes to court, a judge may ask, how is this student passing classes being absent this much? Because see, the justice system views the same data differently. The other thing that I use is what's called the disciplinary action. Anytime there's discipline that goes on at a school, that needs to be written down. 
So if I go back to like 2016, this student has, this was middle school, so maybe five or six years ago. This student has a lot of behavior discipline. Yeah. I'd look at what it looks like. There's a lot of violence going on. There's substance abuse going on. So yeah, so I get access to information without talking to the student. Even though it's confidential, I can use it. I can work with a probation officer because they get a copy of that by law. I can work with a judge because the probation officer through the Health and Welfare Institutions Code, they have a right to provide it for a judge. I can work with a public defender. Public defender may be going to court demanding that their student be released. And I can say, look, before you demand that they're released, know that they don't go to school. How are we going to? And so you get a chance to collaborate around creating success individually that way. Wow. And then the light coach's job is to do exactly what I do. I want the student going to school, not getting referrals, not getting suspended and passing classes. And all of the life coaches know that's the only way we can measure success. Hattie's work has received national attention. Stanford University reached out to her, and now they're working together on a pilot project called Lift the Bar. For me, lifting the bar is removing all the barriers that get in the way of students being successful after they've been in custody. Betty, tell us about this pilot project with Stanford. Yeah, so this pilot project has been ongoing for some time. They have this process that they take a student through as part of the re-enrollment process, and it's essentially sitting them down and having them listen to audio messages from other students who have been in their situation, who have been a part of the justice system, who were released and were re-enrolled and have succeeded in staying engaged in school. Here's part of that recording the students hear. I knew that coming back from juvie was going to be hard. Sometimes it felt like if I made one wrong step, I'd be right back in jail. I knew I never wanted that. I needed to find a way to do better in school, but it seemed so hard to catch up. I was so far behind, and I was pretty mad at the system. I used to not get along with my teachers, but I decided to make more of an effort. Some of my teachers didn't seem to listen, but eventually I found something I could trust and talk about things I care about. They helped me a lot, and I was able to raise some of my grades. So now I'm a senior, and I'm walking graduation in spring. <sighs> my mom is so proud of me. So is my sister, and I'm proud of the progress that I made. And the students who listen to those audios are then asked questions like, what do you need in order for you to succeed? What do you need in order for you to be able to keep going to school, to keep, you know, trying to get good grades as much as possible? And the second portion of the process is having them write a letter, guiding them through this letter writing process where they first have to identify an adult on their campus who they want to get to know better, or maybe they do already know that adult and they trust that adult, writing a letter to them and saying, hey, this is who I am. This is some of my background. This is some of what I've been through. And this is what I hope to achieve now that I'm getting re-enrolled into my local school. And so the remarkable thing is it lifts student voice and it begins to help students articulate their needs and learn how to do that in an adult environment. It is extremely rewarding. 
It's a spinoff of the administrative strategies that I did as a, a principal for students. Um, as a principal, when I would have those kind of meetings, I would sometimes have an angry parent break down crying and say, no one has ever said these things to my son and I. No one has ever cared this much about my, my daughter. And so it's, it's full of social belonging and acceptance rather than rejection and push out. And so that's what lifting the bar does. It creates a sense of belonging. We attempt to set aside the bias in the mind of any adult in order to give a kid a clean slate and a chance to succeed with an adult advocating for them. And so when I walk away, there's somebody that gets the need for this student to feel safe and have a sense of belonging at school. Stanford has found that those students who participated in this program and wrote letters to their teachers were less than half as likely as their peers to return to jail. It was a small sample, but it's still a big deal. We had some of the highest results that Stanford had ever seen on a pilot. And that's one of the reasons why uh, Stanford decided to fund our research. As far as performance indicators for the rest of the justice involved students, success is always three things. And I labeled them this way. Everybody in the world looks at these three things to measure any young person's success. Attendance at school, academic performance, and their attitude towards learning. If they're being sent out of class, suspended, getting kicked out of different schools or sent away from one school to another, that says they don't have an attitude for learning yet. It gets hard sometimes because while those are the performance indicators, Everybody working in the system don't use them to measure success. <laughs> so if you're looking at the fact that a student didn't commit a new offense as success and the student never goes to school or passes classes, we're not on the right page. So you reduce terms and conditions of probation based on the fact that he didn't get in trouble again. But what about his mindset for trouble? What about his attendance at school? What about the one thing that our country demands that every student under 18 must attend school? That's a mandatory law in our nation. What are we doing about those things? So Betty, you mentioned that Hattie also works with school staff to change the way that they see students. Can you kind of share how, how she does that? One of the ways that she shared was trying to gather them into meetings with students. So. If she knows of a student who has experienced quite a bit of trauma in their background, right, and might need some additional support, she tries her best to gather up the adults in that student's new school who will probably have an interaction with that student, right? So this could be one of their teachers. It could be one of the academic counselors on campus. It can be any other trusted adult on that campus who that student might end up interacting with and really trying to get on the same page with that student to make sure they all understand what they need in order to succeed. Yeah, it sounds kind of like part of it is just getting to know each other and trust each other. Right. What surprised you about Hattie and her work? How passionate she remains after doing this for so many years. It's, it's not easy work. You know, she shared a story of just the same week that we that we spoke, she met with a student who had shared that within the last year, she, she had been raped. And so Hattie 
you know, we've gotten into action and said, let's get you a one-on-one meeting with me. Let's figure out what you need. Let's give you the support. This has clearly impacted the student's ability to, to attend school. The student essentially had left school after that. And only after she became involved with the justice system and then eventually met Hattie upon being released did she get re-enrolled. And so it's not easy work, right? These, these kids, they're, they're so young, but they've been through so much in their early lives. And so for her to remain consistently passionate, I think is just really amazing. Betty, is Hattie's work replicable in other districts, do you think? Absolutely. And that's her, that's her mission. That's very much present in her mission. And she has traveled to other states and she has held workshops with other school staff in other districts. And it's quite easily replicable, right? Because this, this system, like you mentioned, it, it comes down to trust. And this process of recording other students' experiences, making sure that new students listen to those recordings, the process of writing a letter, guiding a student through that, that very much can be done in other districts. I think really it comes down to having the dedicated people who can do this work. And that has been a challenge that Hattie has come across over and over again. It's, it's not a big team that she works with, right? And so that, that perhaps might be one of the biggest challenges. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Education Beat, getting to the heart of California schools, a production of EdSource. You can find Betty's story at edsource.org. Our producer is Kobe McDonald. Special thanks to our guests, Hattie Tate and Betty Marquez-Rosales. Our CEO is Anne Vasquez. Our theme music is from Blue Dot Sessions. This episode was brought to you by the California Wellness Foundation. I'm Zadie Stavely. Join us next week and subscribe so you won't miss an episode.